All right, here we are. Welcome to this week's Sports Block Podcast. We are back after a couple weeks off, and we'll detail that more throughout the, the podcast and do a little tribute and whatnot. But uh, please be joined by my good friend and co-host of this podcast from the K- from KORN, Radio and Mitchell, the sports director there. None other than Travis Crins. Travis, how are we doing? We're back at it. We have the nice fall weather. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Uh, it's going to be uh last couple of days. It's been a little warm. It's been like 80. Still uh, keeping the windows open. Yeah. Uh, but uh, looks like Thursday, Friday, maybe, you know, 50, 55 for a high. I'd like to be a little warmer than that. Yeah. Yeah, you sure would. Uh, it's supposed to be like 49 degrees here on Friday. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a little chillier than what you would like. It, you know, it, it wouldn't be bad if it wasn't 75 one day and then 49 the next. But that's... That's yeah, a big... It's a big drop. We're going to drop, you know, at 15, 20 degrees in a day. So, yes. Uh, all weather's been good. Uh, I've enjoyed the two weeks of fall we're going to get before it's going to turn cold. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Uh, I think we'd be remiss if we weren't talking about the weather to briefly touch oh, on yes. oh, Hurricane Ian that struck Florida and uh, just a very. Uh, whenever there's a hurricane on, I don't know about you, but for me, I, I tune it into the Weather Channel, and I'm there for like the next 24 hours or whatever, whenever I'm watching, because I want to see this footage, I want to see this rain, this wind and stuff, I want to see Jim Cantori get hit by a tree and, oh. and get knocked down, I mean, just to, to look at all the wind and and everything like that, and it, it's it's terrible, the destruction there, especially uh, specifically Fort Myers Beach, is it just it's in ruins i mean it it looks like you know that the people talk about this like a banana republic or a third world country and stuff so often with the u.s on the political side of things that's what parts of florida look like right now just absolutely destroyed the infrastructure there and whatnot so it's it's absolutely terrible but I find the whole thing, you know, they were talking about Tampa was going to get hit. Tampa, Tampa. And then less than 24 hours before it actually made landfall, they're like, oh, wait, it's actually going to go further south. I don't know if, if it had hit Tampa, if that would have been better. Like, what are they situated better for that one of those direct hits versus one of these smaller beachy you know, coastal towns like a Fort Myers or Fort Myers Beach here? I don't know. But it, the, just the destruction is is absolutely awful. So, you know, thoughts are with everyone down there in Florida, you know, having to deal with this. But, you know, between, the, you know, the, the evacuations, I know Lee County has a bunch of deaths in there because they didn't tell people to evacuate, and you know, before 24 hours. It's just a terrible situation on there. Uh, regardless, and the fact that it made landfall twice because it made landfall back in Georgetown, South Carolina... A couple of days later, it's just one of these storms that I don't think we will soon forget. A lot of rain. I would never live in Florida. Never. Humid, I hate the humidity. For yeah, her, at least a big hurricane once a year. Yep. Just not not a chance. We had a somebody that worked at the radio station. He was the officiant at our wedding, Jonathan. Hmm. He uh, is a, an internship in Disney, and he was down there in Orlando. So, yeah, um, he was down there. I know you want to experience the hurricane, and yeah. you know, it's just like a really big, bad, long thunderstorm. Yeah. If you get, you know, just the, you know, if you get a minor nine inches instead of 20. So, can't imagine, you know, what's that like just for so long. 
the uh, the wind and the rain and yeah, just uh, the storm that New Orleans and just you couldn't pay me enough to to live in the south. You yeah. just could. Yeah, well, I mean the storm surge and everything is just incredible. And this storm in particular, they were concerned about the amount of rain in certain areas because of how slow moving it was. And then they actually, I think, heard that it actually moved a little faster out than what they thought, and it still left behind feet of rain, like uh, almost two feet of rain in parts of, or, or like by Orlando and, and further south of Tampa, like by Venice and uh, and whatnot. So, I mean, there were areas that got saturated with such heavy amounts of rain, and it could have been worse if this storm had actually been a little slower like they initially had forecasted. Yeah, it kind of depends on the track of the storm, and I mean, when you have something that big, and something that moves that fast, you know, if it moves 20 miles in one direction, that can make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's all. Absolutely. I was uh, somewhat disappointed they didn't have uh, the Sunday night game in Minneapolis. I would have been, I been interesting. I don't know how they came. Would you, would you have gone to that? I, I think so. Yep, yep. I, if, if you want to see Mahomes, you want to see two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, you want to see this match, I would have gone. If if uh, you know tickets would have been relatively inexpensive, or maybe they would have been free, I don't know. But I certainly would have tried to go to Chiefs-Bucks had that game been moved to Minneapolis. I don't know how they came. Like, I know they came going at home, but like New Orleans was free. Why would you go to Minneapolis when New Orleans is available? It's a good question. Um, I, I wonder if it's in part maybe a, like a competitive advantage to move it to more of a neutral site like Minneapolis than New Orleans because you might have a lot more people cheering against the Bucks. But then again, Cause yeah, because you've got it's a home game for Tampa Bay, so you want to move it as far away as possible from Tampa Bay because like, you would have American Chiefs fans up here, as you know. Yeah. I mean, it would be one so thing. Why would you, it would be a road game for Tampa Bay, right? I mean, it would be one thing if it was like the Rams against the Bucks, and you move it to Minneapolis. It's like it's far enough away from both cities, but it's a six and a half, seven hour drive from Kansas City to Minneapolis. So there yeah. would have been Chiefs fans galore that would have uh, bought tickets, and so it would have felt like a de facto road game for Tampa Bay. Now, in the end, Kansas City wins forty-one thirty-one. Mahomes looks great. That play where he escapes two defenders and then just it, it, almost like a you know just a little shove, not a shovel pass but he just lobs it up there for uh, Edwards Alaire it's just it's fantastic it's just it's what makes Patrick Mahomes the Hall of Famer that he will soon be I mean it was just incredible um and they yeah, it'll be a, that'll be on the highlight reel oh yeah something like that and yes. just the spin move and the little underhand pass and yeah he's he's very good Speaking of highlights, we'll get to the Vikings highlight here uh, in a second. But I want to stay in the South right now uh, because I think we do need to talk about Brett Favre and how despicable of a human being he appears to be uh, with diverting funds from his charity to Southern Mississippi Athletics to try to get, you know, this from welfare and stuff from the former governor, Phil Bryant, to fund a volleyball arena where Braley, his daughter, plays at. And so, I mean, this stuff had already been known for a while. And finally, after such great work by folks at Mississippi Today and, and the media down there, 
the national media started to pick up on it, and now it's gaining more steam. You're looking more into his charity and how much money they're taking away. But just the, the fact that you're taking welfare money away from the poorest people in the poorest state in the country, I don't know like it, how low of a human being you can possibly be, but this is as low... I, for me, almost... As, as low as low can go, and I, I don't know how anyone can look at Brett Favre and be like, yeah, I still like him. He's a respectable guy. I feel much better for hating uh, Brett Favre for uh, the majority of my life. Yes. I feel bad now a little bit that I cheered for him so much in 09. If he would have won a Super Bowl, I would have been nice, but uh, obviously he fell short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, it just hasn't gotten a lot of coverage nationally. I feel like if this was a, oh, a black player. I don't know. This was like Terrell Owens or Randy Moss or is any other person. Um, it would be much much bigger story. It would, uh, but it really isn't. I mean, you know, this is. I doubt anything happens to him. I don't think he's going to go to jail. I hope he does. I think he should. But obviously, there's text messages out there. And it's pretty clear he knew what he was doing. And I think when the story came out, you know. A year ago or whenever it was, there was some question of, oh, did he really know where this money was coming from and what mm-hmm. was happening? And he got, you know, millions of dollars. And uh, did, did he know what where this was? This was uh, maybe this wasn't his fault. This is just someone that put money in his account. He wasn't aware of and he paid it back. Mm-hmm. Well, this appears he knew where this money was coming from. He was asking for it. He asked, is this wrong? <laughs> Will we be caught? So he knew what it was. And he's, I mean, you know what, $5 million, you don't have $5 million of your own. Uh, you played for 20 years. He has like $131 million net worth or something like that. Like through all all well, his contracts and um, yeah. endorsements and endorsements, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Terrible person, and you just kind of see you know what he did throughout his career with, with Jim Sturger. And mm-hmm. I feel like that story, if that happens now, like he's just done. And that happened, what, in 2007, 2008? Yeah, with the Jets. And, like, 15 years ago already. Hard to believe that was 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. It happened, and it was kind of like, oh, Brett Favre, what a, what a dummy. He did this. Um, <laughs> if that happens, you know, like 10 years later, you know, he's raked over the coals. Yes. So, by, by all means, a terrible person, and uh, wish, wish nothing but the worst here for him. Yes, and, but I, I do think that it's starting to gain a lot more traction in the national media here over the last week or two in large part because of these text messages. Like, it's not something that you can easily, you know, like, divert your, you know, avert your eyes from and stuff. You have to actively, like, seek not to look into this more just because it is that big of a story. And I do think it is becoming a bigger story now nationally or people are looking at it a little bit more just because of, A, the state uh, and, like, their economics. I mean, you're stealing... You're, it's This is not Robin Hood. You're not stealing from the rich to give to the poor. You're stealing from the poor to give to the rich. Like, this is just absolutely awful. Like, we're talking about how bad of a person Deshaun Watson is and how we never want anything good to happen to him. Now, I get that this is an apples and oranges comparison here, but these are both despicable acts on, on like, different spectrums. But how these people, how these two guys, these two quarterbacks can walk into a room and say, hey, I'm a good, I'm a, a person of high character and morals. I mean, for goodness, no way. Absolutely not. They should be shunned and shamed 
for the rest of their lives. Oh, it should be. Akbar's going to be a pariah at this point. I mean... Deshaun Watson's coming back in about two months, so we'll see how that goes. Well, yeah, Brett Favre had like some radio shows, and they kind of canceled that, and I doubt those those ever come back. Yep. But, you know, just an idiot. Yeah. And he, he deserves whatever. Whatever's at it his way. Yep. Hope it's a, hope it's a stiff penalty. <laughs> and everybody, the governor, everybody involved in this mess. It's just, that's what those people do. Those people are... <laughs> The worst people in our society. Yes. That's what they are. Yep. So. And it just shows the corruption and how bad of leadership is in Mississippi right now. And hopefully the the good folks there at Mississippi Today and all those journalists down there keep pressing on this story. And hopefully we see uh, some significant penalties or jail time for far and, and all this stuff. It just And I wonder, too, like if this – is it because it's Southern Miss – is it because Miss or Brett Favre was one of those like Alabama or Florida or some other school? Yeah, Ohio was, State would this be a bigger deal? I don't right. know. If it were Ole Miss or Mississippi State, is this a bigger uh-huh. deal? I would say yes. The fact that it's yeah. Southern Miss, the fact that it's Brett Favre's alma mater, like if and if this, if also if it was like if Brett Favre wasn't from Mississippi. Like he's kind of you know the the prodigal son, how we kind of talked about Scott Frost at Nebraska for so many years. Uh-huh. You know, him coming back and, oh, like, he's going to do it. Everyone's, oh, my gosh, Brett Favre, like, synonymous with Mississippi and Wisconsin all that. If he was from another, like, if he wasn't from the state of Mississippi, would it be as big a deal? I don't know. I I, I don't think it would. The fact that he is, though, from Mississippi, I don't know. It's it's just, it's a bad, bad situation. It makes it worse because that's where he's from and he knows how poor the state is. So it's not like he's... From Mississippi and I lives in Florida or California. Yep. Or Wisconsin. I go, I'm from this state. I grew up here. I know what this is all about. And I know where this money's coming from. So we're going to use it for this. And there was, uh, like, all of his charities, there were like uh, three different years 2018 to 2020 or 2019 to 2021 charities. I mean, this is a separate incident where some charity Farb has donates to, you know, breast cancer survivors and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they took funds, and their biggest donations, like ten or $11,000 to what they should be sending money to. Otherwise, it's, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to other things that, you know, this charity is not designed to go to. It's like a mm-hmm. Trump thing. Well, I'll make a charity. It'll all go to me or other stuff that it's not designed for, so... And then Favre has hired a former Trump White House lawyer to yes. him. Yes, in this case, and, the, and so I, they're, all, they're all they're all the same people. Yep, and I was going to mention that too. And the 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 Trump lawyer or like the former White House lawyer uh, for Trump had said, "I wouldn't do this if I hadn't looked at the facts and said that Brett Favre didn't do anything wrong, and this is all like essentially a big misunderstanding." I don't know, a sir. Huge, you, huge five million dollar misunderstanding. Yeah, I don't know. Have you seen the text messages? Because those seem yes. pretty. Yes, pretty it seems pretty clear to me that he knew. He literally asks, the like, "Is this okay? Are we going to get caught?" Yeah, like, oh, like, this is fine. This we, is fine. Yeah, how do we make sure we don't get caught for this? I don't know. That's pretty, pretty damn clear to me that that that, that he knew it was wrong and he didn't want to get found out. Like, oh, don't blame it on concussions. Somebody hacked it. Yeah, don't don't blame it on concussions either. Oh, Brett, oh, I suffered thousands of concussions. Shut up. Yes, yes, you did. Shut up. 
Uh, speaking of concussions, Tua Tagovailoa. By now, everyone's seen it. The awful hit that uh, that happened Thursday night in Cincinnati. This coming four days after he, you know, was quite wobbly and you know falling backwards and stuff against the Buffalo Bills. They said it was a back injury. I guess I could, you know, maybe buy that a little bit, but the gross motor instability, however you want to phrase it, and now Tua, you know, gets carried off on a stretcher Thursday night. The UNC, the unaffiliated neurological consultant, I believe, it's not a University of North Carolina Tar Heel, that's the other UNC, but th- this guy's been fired. The NFLPA and the NFL are still doing their investigation. I, I feel like the NFL in this case is trying to save face by their protocols but something i think there's such a far outcry with this that something needs to change here I, and i almost feel like this is you know the league was kind of getting away with it like hey yeah we care and everything about concussions and we're doing what we can and sure they have done they have made steps they have made strides to limit you know lower concussions some of that's with this weird kind of padded helmet that they do in training camps that no one seems to like but it helps uh you know concussions are going down but i kind of feel in a way again apples to oranges comparison but to the ray rice situation where uh you know where the nfl suspended rice for a couple games and then video came out and people got so outraged by it and the nfl's like whoa we didn't know that we're gonna do better here now and with Tua here, everyone saw it and the NFL's like, it's fine. You know, the UNC's there. It, it's all good. And then we see what happened Thursday night. And it's, the NFL's like, whoa, okay, all right. We're going to change stuff up here. We we need to take this more seriously than we other, than we had previously. It's like, well, no shit you should have. Uh, so, again, a, a apples to oranges comparison here. But I do think the NFL now... I think re- recognizes that this is a uh, a PR nightmare from the standpoint that everyone's looking at this in the in the the fingers the, the whatever I can't remember now what they call it. Um, I'll, I'll I'll get it here where Tua's fingers are all uh, like that as like a zombie or something. Um, I'll I'll get it here in a second, uh, but. Now that you've seen this, they're like, okay, we got to fire this UNC. We're fine with that. We need to do other stuff. The NFL is trying to save face here, and I, they will because it's the NFL, but it still looks bad from their standpoint with everything that they've supposedly, quote-unquote, tried to do. It's pretty clear they don't give a shit about the players. The, the big, I think I'd say the number one reason why I have hated the NFL for however many years I've hated the NFL, it is because of concussions. And what they've done, and a, a billion-dollar lawsuit that they've had to pay out. And and more towards, like, white players versus the black, you know, African-American players. Now, by the way, fencing position, that's the, the that's the finger. Um, that's what, uh, that's what two of fingers it, They've known for years. There's, like, shit going back to, like, the 1920s. Yes. Uh, head injuries and concussions and what this can do. Yep. So for them, they all to say, oh, we, you know, we just didn't know how bad this was. No, there's evidence that they knew how bad this was. That is the number one reason why mm-hmm. I hate uh, the NFL because mm-hmm. of this. They don't care. They care about money. They don't care about the players. Obviously, they're just the number. Two, yep. I should have never played in this game. Mm-hmm. 
the way he was, you know, on, on that what, Sunday game against uh, where the hell they played before week before the Bills. Buffalo. Yep. You know, oh, it was a back injury. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad he got the fuck knocked out of him. Because if this doesn't happen, then there's, there's no repercussions. If he goes through that game against the Bengals on Thursday clean, and oh, he's fine, he's fine. The doctor told us he was cleared four days after he fucking got knocked out. Yeah, he's fine. And obviously he is, so I'm kind of glad he got knocked out. And I hope he gets knocked out again. I hope his career's done. Well, hope he comes back. I guess not. I hope something serious happens to a player. Serious, serious, serious stuff. So they have to address this because if it doesn't, nothing will change. Well, we nothing is going to change, people. Yeah. Nothing is going to change. There was, who was the, who the fucking guy with the what the the Buccaneers tight end had a concussion? Came right back in the game. Break. Yep. Yep. Yeah, like this literally happened three days after we'd had this discussion. Mm-hmm. Three days after it happened, it happened again. Yep. This will never change. It's been happening for 100 years. Yep. Nothing is going to change. I mean, I don't. I I understand the point you're trying to make. Like it. it like yeah. the, the we don't wish that players get injured. Like Tua. I don't. I hope that Tua doesn't. You know have serious repercussions from this uh but inevitably like he's gonna have a chance for like at, at of, of being diagnosed with cte i could see something like oh a he, already like, he already oh, has it yes. yeah. like this is, this, is, at this, point. this is probably like a junior sayout type deal or you know somewhere where they're gonna go on a on a rampage and and shoot someone or shoot themselves and or something like that and they're gonna say Oh, what happened here? We're going to take a look at the brain. Oh, they had CTE, major CTE. Like that. This is what's going to happen. You wish it wouldn't happen, but if I, it, it's not the, like the sacrificial lamb, uh, so to speak. But yeah, I I understand where you're coming from, but I think we we don't want it to happen. But if something like this with Tua is going to get the NFL's attention because of how disturbing it looked. I, then maybe it's it's for the the better. I don't know. It, it's it's so bad. It, it's difficult to fully articulate how it how it needs to go because you don't want someone's life you know put at risk like Tua's obviously is right now. And he's out this week against the Jets. I doubt he plays against the the Vikings here in a couple of weeks, but we'll see. Um, I, it just it, it's so it's so bad and the NFL now oh you know we're we're gonna go step in step with the NFLPA here and the NFLPA is obviously looking out for their players and the NFL's like okay whatever I mean if we're not going to make Daniel Snyder sell the team for all the shit that he's done and stuff you know to to front office people it just again apples to oranges comparison but it's like you know what we're gonna put the billionaires ahead of these these players who are actually putting their bodies on the line. It's just ridiculous. The teams don't care about these players. Uh, who's it? Ryan Clark at ESPN. Mike Conlon might care about his players. You see what he did? I think this was maybe an older interview with Ryan Clark and Mike Tomlin with the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Ryan Clark had that blood clot or heart condition or whatever he had, so he never could play in Denver. Yes, yep. And there was a playoff game he didn't play in, and in other games he didn't play in. And really, uh, Mike Tomlin said he was cleared to play. He could have played him, but Mike Tomlin considered it his responsibility to protect his player. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Ryan wanted to play, 
But he says, if anything happens to you, then, you know, that's obviously not worth it. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe Mike Tomlin cares about his players. Maybe there's a few others that do. But Bill, um, Bill I'm sure Don- the Dolphins were told by the doctor, yeah, he's clear and ready to go. How he could be after what happened against Buffalo. I mean, he, he there's no way he could be cleared. Yep. No. And you I stand think that- up and you stumble. No, you are not playing. And, and he continued to play that game as well. Yep. So I love I love their head coach. I love Mike McDaniel, but you know, obviously he wants to win and there's this is not gonna change. This will continue to happen. Because obviously people don't care. There's there's an initial outrage for a week, but then after that well, it'll quickly go away and it'll happen again. I know Bill Belichick said that he's taken players out that have been cleared by doctors. Now, I, I don't think Bill, Bill Belichick would lie about that. I think he's, you know, he's pretty, uh, he loves the history of the game and, and whatnot. So I don't think he would do something like that um, where he would lie purposefully about that. I do wonder, though, now that we, we're we seeing all of these more like outraged players, like, you know, Rodney Harrison and, and, and others out there, like a Ryan Clark speaking out like, hey, this has to change. We have to do something different. And, like, you have to – don't worry about it. it. Like, just think about the rest of your life, not these two or three years of football. And it's easy for them to say because, you know, some of these guys, th- this is the difference if them playing, like, and not from maybe making millions of dollars that could set their themselves up for the rest of their life. So it is a very difficult situation, but I think you're seeing now more players, former players being outspoken and even current players too, I think saying, okay, maybe we do need to take a step back and look at the long-term picture here. And I, I hope that's what they're doing. And it is all about money. Because Tua, he wants to play. He's, you know, they're having a good year. He wants to <laughs> play. Yeah, he's silencing the critics. He, this is the, the potential for a big payday for him. Yeah. It is, you know, getting towards the end of his rookie deal. So it's all about the money. And I mean, that's what it ultimately winds up, winds up being about. So just, uh, it's a very violent game. It mm-hmm. always will be. So yep. just uh, another, uh, and I guess the Amazon, you know, halftime show, I don't think they even mentioned, oh yeah, remember four days ago when he fucking stumbled around with like, I mean, you know, he got, you know, Richard Truman and Tony Gonzalez and Ryan Fitzpatrick up there. Yep. None of them, none of them mention it. Like, oh yeah, this happened four days ago. Do you think that maybe, you know, made this a little bit worse? Probably. Yeah. So, and, yeah, fuck all those guys. Well, Michael, uh, Michael David Smith, who is like the managing editor at Pro Football Talk, he called out Richard Sherman for not really saying much on the show, yeah. because for years Richard Sherman has, you know, uh, just called. He's called Thursday Night Football a poop fest for like. I mean, yeah. he's hated Thursday Night Football, and now he's cashing in on this, you know, Thursday Night Football deal with Amazon and being an analyst there. And then Richard Sherman called him out and whatnot. And then Mike Florio got involved and said, "Actually, you did call this a poop fest, and you really didn't like call out just how bad these Thursday Night Football games are because now you're working." For Amazon, you're getting paid. So there, it is a tad hypocritical for Richard Sherman to say to not go all in. Like this is why we don't want you know these guys. To, we don't want these Thursday night football games because you you see what happened with Tua. It, 
they just kind of walked around. They skirted around this whole Tua injury thing without actually chastising um, the the Dolphins and the, the decision by the NFL and whatnot because they're now getting paid in Amazon with the Thursday Night Football and everything. So, yeah, Richard Sherman, you deserve to get called out. You didn't uh, speak your piece after you had for so many years about your uh, hatred for Thursday night football games. So, yeah, shut up. Uh, Christopher Nowitzki. You know that, do you know who that is? Uh, who was that? Christopher no- Nowitzki. Uh, uh, is he uh, a neurosurgeon or something? I saw. Is he the guy who tweeted something out Thursday night? He is. Uh, he was a four, he's uh, from Harvard. Mm-hmm. He's a former WWE wrestler. He was around in 2002, 2003, 2004, early 2000s. I, is this the guy though that sent the tweet out Thursday yeah. night? Yeah. And then he like it was a it was a Nostradamus type moment. Yeah. It was, and that's who this guy is. And his wrestling career ended because of concussions. And now he is a big. He has a PhD, and his big thing is CTE and football brain injuries, uh, this, this is what he does now for a living. And he did tweet out, you know, hours before the game on Thursday afternoon that Tua should not be playing, and then five hours later he's, you know, off on a fucking stretcher. Yep. So, and then he just tweeted out earlier today, you know, the Tampa Bay tight end, the same thing happened to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, you know, knocked out like his own teammate in the uh, second quarter, and just walks off the field, looks dazed, and you know, Tony Dungy said something as well. So, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, yeah, you know, you should have, or uh, Tony Dungy claims there's a league-appointed spotter in the press box who thinks he, there should be somebody that should be looking at the game and say, hey, number 67 looks like he's along his bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe come out, so... You know, we do all this stuff in, uh, you know, targeting, and if you, you, you get called for targeting, you're uh, kicked out of the game, and if it's college, you're suspended for the first half of the, of the next game, and that's yeah. maybe help to calm things down a bit, but, you know. I do, I do hate the college targeting rule, though, because you are putting these kids in a very difficult, you're putting the defenders in a very difficult spot. It's a very fast game, it's a violent game. They're not always trying. Like, you can tell if there's intent or not. Oftentimes, I think, in the college football game, there isn't intent. It's just, you know, sometimes the offensive player initiates the contact, lowers the head, and what's the defender supposed to do? They're in the middle of the air, in the middle of, of trying to make that tackle. Like, it's, it's, I think it's a little ridiculous, the, the targeting rule. I get why it's there, but. I do think officials tend to go a little overboard with it. I think it needs to be a little more lax. Uh, certainly, I guess, more so regarding the suspension aspect of it. I think sometimes you just can't avoid the hit. Sometimes right. you can, sometimes you can't. There have been numerous awful roughing the passer calls this year. It's just mm-hmm. disgusting to watch. Where you're trying to be safe, but then it becomes a mockery. Uh, it's just a clean tackle, and they call roughing the passer. Yep. I also thought the, the Eagles kicker, Jake Kelly, I think he was popping pills on the sidelines, it looked like, when he got hurt yesterday. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, uh, make marijuana legal uh, to branch off on another thing. You know, marijuana should be legal for these players. Yes, yes. That would be better than popping pills and getting your brain scrambled like an egg. Yep. So obviously with all these things, there are 
think pretty easy steps that could be uh, put in a place that would help a mm-hmm. lot very quickly, but we don't we don't want to do that here. No, but I agree with you. I think marijuana should be legalized for these players. Um, yeah, Elliot had like hurt his leg or something that you know uh, after getting run into or roughed on a field goal attempt in that game against Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, I mean it's just. If I ever have kids, they're never playing football. Well, yeah, I mean, but you know, vehemently, I would vehemently say no. Play any other sport. Do not play football. I'm just thinking, like, soccer, though, you can get concussions. Hockey, you could get concussions. Like, you could get... You want to play basketball. You want to play baseball. Yeah. I mean, you want to play those sports. You want to run track. Knock yourself out. Yep. Yeah. It's it's tough. There's no no other way around it. Um, Yeah. It's a very difficult time, I think, in the NFL because you're seeing all of these... Incidents now. Oh, you were talking about the roughing the passer penalty. Did you see the the roughing the passer penalty in the the Buffalo Baltimore game? I mean, that was the one I was thinking about. Where yeah. it was just a clean tackle to the chest yep. by uh, somebody on the Ravens, and it's you know maybe a step late. It's like all right, you want these guys not to go for the helmet. This guy didn't. Yep. It was yeah. It's just just awful. Yeah. What's a defender supposed to do? I mean, just you can't. Oh, and then, uh, you may as well put all the. Here, you may as well. I'm reminded. Um, Pittsburgh played Miami in the playoffs in 2017. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt Moore was the quarterback somehow yeah. for the Dolphins in that game. Mm-hmm. And he was not the f out. Yeah. You know, and then he missed one play of that game. He was just absolutely smashed. Mm-hmm. He missed one play. Hit in the head, couldn't stand up for two minutes. He came in one play later. So this is, seems to be a history, specifically with the Dolphins. I want to like the Dolphins, but, but this is not new. This is not new, and this, this has happened many times specifically with them. Yes. Yep. We're 34 minutes in, and we haven't even talked about the Vikings. So let's talk about the Vikings right now. And how it seems... All the time, like, and I, the stats will bear it out. The Vikings have more field goals made against them and more difficult field goals, like more long field goals than just about any other team. It just is a fact. And so Will Lutz makes the 60-yard field goal to tie the game. And you're like, ah, oh, crap. And then the Vikings go down. They, they get a field goal after a big play to Justin Jefferson, then they run three times and they can't get squat. Greg Joseph comes out, makes a field goal. Like, okay, 24 seconds left. This is good. Somehow, the Saints, like, Chris Olave catches a pass between four Viking defenders right in the middle. It's, it was absolutely awful. This defense, if they don't get a pass rush, this defense is just awful. I don't I don't like it. I don't like zone. It's essentially almost like a prevent. What does it do? It prevents you from winning. So stop it. Um... The Saints get a chance here. A 61-yard field goal from Will Lutz. He made the 60-yarder. It would have been good from like 65. And this field goal is kicked, and it's like in the, from the exact same spot on the field, right hash, and it's trailing. It, it looks like it's going to be good. And then what do we get? We get a double-doink special off of the left upright, off the crossbar, and no good. The Vikings escape London with a 28-25 victory. 
It's one of the rare times that the Vikings benefit from a, a lucky bounce because it doesn't happen often, or that's the way it feels. They aren't, we are not, we're not the benefit, the beneficiaries of a lot of these calls or a lot of these bounces. But the ball bounced the right way. The double doink. The Vikings escape London with the win. It's it's good to be three and one. It's not a good feeling the way this went down. Uh, the Vikings, you know, playing against the Saints team with a backup quarterback, without their starting running back, without one of their starting wide receivers, without one of their starting offensive linemen. It shouldn't have come down to this, but they did get the win, and it's all because of a double doink, and that's all I can really say. Uh, London, it was great. I love these early start games in London. I love that there were so many Vikings fans there. Like, it felt like a home game at times. You see all these random-ass jerseys, like a Panthers and a Seahawks jersey right next to one another. They got to see a great game. A double doink, though, and the Vikings prevail and head back to take on the sorry-ass Bears, who they should beat on Sunday. There's no reason why the Vikings shouldn't trounce Chicago. We all know it won't happen, but it it, it, it should happen. It seems like the same team from last year. But maybe the bounces are going right this time. Yeah. I mean, you can't lose every game like they did last year. So the only difference is, yeah, you're winning at the end instead of losing. I was optimistic after the Packer game. I'm no longer optimistic. I do not like this team. There's a lot I don't like about this team. This defense, that Eagles, that Eagle game. I don't know the the, the, the worst. When was the last time they played that poor? That's probably the worst I've ever seen Cousins play mm-hmm. for the Vikings. They didn't even, Eagles didn't even score in the second half. Mm-hmm. That, that defense didn't seem to make an adjustment at all. You would think after the first couple of series where they march it down your ass, you would do something different. There were. Throwing lanes for Jalen Hurts for yeah. days. I think it was that third and 19 on the first drive of the game that they converted. And I'm like, okay, yep, this isn't going to be good. If you're going to allow this to happen, nope, not, nope, no chance. I didn't like that. So then they come and play Detroit. And these Detroit games were the same Detroit games I uh, watched last year where it mm-hmm. came down to the end. <clears throat> and it seems like this, this offense goes into fucking hibernation way too often. And they get down 14 nothing to Detroit, and then they tie it up. Mm-hmm. Then they get down by 10, and it's like, oh shit, we better fucking go. It's goddamn near 3 o'clock. This game's about done. We better fucking do something. So one positive is that Cousins has been very good at driving this team down the field mm-hmm. numerous times the last two years to get in position to win these games. He now has 21 fourth quarter and overtime comeback wins. 21. So, two in each of the last good. two weeks. There is no reason why this Saints game should have been anywhere close to this. We're right. at 16 to 7. Could have been 21-7. Could have been 28 to 7. Couldn't take advantage of the fumbles. Mm-hmm. Can't drive. Well, they score two touchdowns. Yep. Yesterday. Yep. Five field goals, two touchdowns, miss extra points. That's one of those things where yeah, Vikings scored five or six times. The Saints scored twice. And you've got a close game going into the fourth quarter. Yep, I think um, I think the red zone stuff can be fixed though. I, I like I trust Kevin O'Connell 
to fix that stuff more than I do Mike Zimmer than I did Mike Zimmer last year and whoever the offensive coordinator was. I just I, I feel like he's because he's an offensive minded coach. He's gonna, he's at least said as much like I could do a lot of stuff better. Yes, you could. Um, he's aware of that. I think you know, give him some grace. You know, this is his first year as a head coach. The fact though that they've won, that they're winning these games, they're three and one now, and as bad as the defense has looked at times this season, they have made stops when they've needed to. They've given up only three points in the two, in the final two minutes of the first or the second halves of these games all season. So, so through the first quarter of the season, remember how bad they were last year inside of two minutes. This year, only three points. That is that is good. And so, I mean, I mean, they could be the exact same team they were last year, just playing better in the last two minutes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, seeing that right now. And we're, and we're doing that. So, they're 3-1. and one. You look at the next two games, they're going to be close. You go 5-1 in the bye. That's positive. Seems like when Cousins miss throws to somebody, is inaccurate, it's behind receivers. I've noticed that this year. Yep. He's throwing more interceptions. Uh, Justin Jefferson has dropped many passes this year already. Mm-hmm. Uncharacteristic of him. Adam Thielen said after that first game against the Packers, out, you know, this offense is just go, go, go. We just, like, no, it's not go, go, go. It's not. Mm-hmm. It just Well, uh, Irv Smith is dropping a lot of passes. Irv Smith fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah he does. Yep. Never been a fan of Irv Smith. The Vikings let a better tight end leave. Tyler Conklin. Tyler Conklin went to the Jets and is having a terrific season. He His numbers will be substantially better than Irv Smith yep. by the end of the season. Dog shit quarterback going to Tyler Conklin. So that's disappointing. Johnny Mutz dropped the pass. That was a big one. <clears throat> yep. Um... And in that regard, you can't blame Cousins for that. No, they uh, right on him. Cousins and, is okay. I like that they – I hate when they say they ran tempo. No, they ran up-tempo. Tempo is not a thing. Running tempo doesn't tell me shit. Mm-hmm. There's up-tempo. Uh, there's fast-tempo. There's slow-tempo. Again, that's another football thing that drives me <laughs> nuts. Tempo, tempo is the pace of something. Yes. It is the pace of what you are doing, the rate of speed. Mm-hmm. If you say a running tempo, that's the rate of speed. It can be a slow speed. It can be a high speed. What is the speed? Uh, you can. I would love to have it a broadcaster say they're running tempo right now when they let the play clock go down to one every time. Mm-hmm. That would also be correct because they are running a slow uh, tempo offense. So that's yes. a fucking thing in the English language that... They can't figure out. You should do that when you're calling Mitchell Colonel games here. You should be like, they're running a tempo offense. They're running a high tempo offense, yes. I should say. Not tempo, because tempo is the pace at which yes. you run. It's yeah. either high or low, yes. fast or slow. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're, they're running a low things. tempo offense, letting this plate clock go all the way down to two every time. I should. I should have. It would, it, would be, it would be great. It would be accurate. Uh, so, the yeah. games... Um, Against Detroit, where they had a couple of 56-yarders, that's out of Greg Joseph's range. I know he hit one. That's not expected to be. He's not going to regularly hit 55, 56-yard field goals. So mm-hmm. uh, he's done very good. Don't ruin him. 
I think he's kick out of his uh, out of his depth. He's been he's been far better this year than he was last year. And I you you heard that in the the off season or in, in preseason in training camp, like yeah, Greg Joseph is going to be really good. So. The one missed extra point, not great because again, you know that put the put the Saints in a position where they just needed a field goal to tie. And I don't know, like the, maybe if they needed a touchdown, maybe the Vikings would have given that up and then they would have ended up losing. I don't know, but it, you know he's only missed one extra point this year, and then those two field goals from 56. Otherwise, he's been very solid. Like I feel decent about him. I, I feel. I, when he goes on the field, I'm like, okay, I feel pretty good that he's going to make this field goal versus last year where you're like, oh, please make it. Please make it. And then at the end of the game, they get into field goal range and decide that it's okay to settle for a near 50-yard field goal to win it. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Well, could you just, like, pick up a few more yards running the football? I got... I, I got what they were doing. Like, we're trying to take as much time We're going to rely on the kicker to win this from 40, 70 yards. It's like, yeah. fuck, dude. He made it and worked, but I don't like that strategy. And then the Saints come back, literally have one play to get in the field goal range. So they do that, mate. Getting a 20, 30-yard pass into field goal range. That's what and I mean. Smith comes up. With a hurt arm or wrist or whatever the hell. He got hit in the nuts. He got hit square in the nuts. Right. Whatever the five giver shit of his head fell off. Do not go down. Do not go to the sideline. If he doesn't do that, I don't think the Saints get a get another snap. The game is decided on that play. There was like eleven or twelve seconds left and they stop the clock. Yes. Yes, I... I, Do not do that. And it's an injury timeout. Yep. Like, Saints are scrambling just to freaking spike it with a second to go. Mm -hmm. Be aware of mind of saying, all right, my my nuts were crushed. Yes. Yes. Just be out on the field. They're not going to snap the ball again. Yeah. That's an... Or off the sidelines. So we just... We're fucking ridiculous shit. Yes. And they I, you know what? I, I am glad you you brought that up because I said it. I was yelling it too when when that happened. I'm like, you got to stand up. You yeah. have to be aware of this because if, if the Saints, because there was a Saints guy that was down as well, and I don't know if he would have gotten up or not. But if I if I understand the rule correct, it would have been a 10 second runoff because the Saints didn't have any timeouts. So yeah. if. If depending on when the officials would have stopped the clock, if it might have been at ten, and then the game would have been done. But if it, like, if they had stopped it at eleven, then the Saints would still have had to run a play because the clock would start on the referee's whistle. There's no way that you can get the field goal team out there, snap that ball with a second to go, and kick it. There's just there's not. So I, yeah, Harrison Smith has to. I, I get that. We're I mean, aware of what the situation is. Like, I'm not gonna like. I think anytime we see a guy get hit in the nuts, it's like it's painful for every guy out there. Like, oh, like I can feel that. But you have to be aware of the situation and of the of the yeah the the situation and know that. Okay, I just have to stand here because it's not like the Saints are gonna run another play. They're gonna try and get up and spike it. Harrison, you gotta stand up, man. You gotta stand up. Your nuts aren't going to get better in 10 seconds no. if you stand on the field or, or run off the field. Here. Yes. You get, you get kicked in the nuts, act like you got a concussion, and just shake it off. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, I will but, say, great throw to Jefferson to set up the field goal. Yes. 
Um, good to see Jefferson come back. Again, he's very good. Marshawn Lattimore was not very good. Yep. Detroit shut him down. Detroit's defense is awful. This is not hard how to shut down a receiver, whether it's him or Tyree Kill or whoever you want. Put two guys on him. Yep. But the, the Eagles shut him down. Like, you can shut him down by putting another man on him. Another, I mean, there were numerous plays, again, where there's just nobody mm-hmm. on him. Or he just runs, and at no point does anybody go with him. Yep. It's a, waste of, it's a waste of time. But I do like this offense from the set. Like, K.J. Osborne has d- developed into such a reliable number three wide receiver. So if they're going to take... One catch, they don't use him. I don't... I think, well, okay, he did have the touchdown catch that was called back yes. because of the pass interference penalty against uh, Justin Jefferson, which, I mean, don't use the arms. Like, I saw it yesterday, or I saw it Sunday with Dallas Goddard a couple of times. If you're going to try and do these rub plays, don't extend with your arms. Don't grab. You don't have to. You're, you're, the, the play is going to work. You don't have to reach out and block them. Just stand there. And so I, I, I think that was – I don't know if it was the right call or not. It probably was. Um, but the yeah, Vikings I, I just, got – the referees helped the Vikings tremendously win this ball. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and Harrison Smith almost helped the Saints, too. Pass uh, interference on the long throw to Thielen. Thielen, obviously, uh, grabbed the he, Saints guy. He was mass. held first, though. He, they, that was... That should have been offsetting penalties. Yeah. That, I mean, he grabbed the face mask. There's no doubt about that. And there were a couple other... There was a Tyron Matthew. Yeah. Well, that was horseshit of a call. That extended there, give him a first down. Yep. That were numerous things where it's like, all right, we like to complain about the refs. The refs gave us, gave the Vikings more opportunities than they deserve. But the, the Vikings also, and this is one of the things too, the Vikings are one of the least penalized team in the teams in the NFL this year, and the Saints are one of the the most penalized. So we talk about like, you know, sometimes that is. Maybe there's a unconscious bias in the officials, like they're going to look for more of that stuff. If you know that the Saints keep getting penalized, you're going to look for more of that ticky-tack stuff. And where the Vikings, it would have to be really egregious for you to not, or for it'd have to be egregious for you to call it. And uh-huh. I think that's been, and that's one of the the nicer things too. This is a this is a far more technically sound team. I, I saw a stat today. I don't think the Vikings have been called yet. And it, I know it's a jinx, so we're going to see it on Sunday at least twice each. But so far, no holding penalties on offense and no pass interference penalties on defense through two weeks. That's... They did convert many third downs. Third and 15, third and 10, a couple third and 10s, a couple third and 8s. So they were very good converting third downs. Mm-hmm. I think KJ Osborne's fine and, and, and decent. I keep hearing about oh, these are the three best receivers any team has. I'm like, I don't think so. No, I would probably give it to Cincinnati. He had two catches for sure. One catch for six yards yesterday. He had yeah. three catches versus Green Bay for. Like, he's been non-existent outside of the. Final two minutes versus Detroit. He's been non-existent. He has 11 catches for 118 yards. That's also a good first half for Justin Jefferson. So he is not, you know, just not not there. 
Uh, so I'd like to see him a little bit more involved as we go forward. But yeah, there's you know three and one. It's it's good to be three and one. Just a lot that I don't like. Yep, but more, I, more close games. I'm sick of the close game. Yeah. Again. Yep. Beat the Bears. The Bears' offense is atrocious. Yes. How how they how they should score more than 14 points this week? I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. Make this look like the Packer game, except score about 14 more points. Make this about a 38 to 10 fucking uh, trouncing of uh, of the Bears, and go to Miami, beat the shit out of Teddy Bridgewater. Go into the bye at five and one because the, these are the easy games. Yes. These are the easy games of the schedule. It's going to get much tougher. I don't like their odds winning at Detroit. I don't like their odds winning at Green Bay or Chicago or Buffalo heading forward. So yep. get your wins now because yep. I don't. Well, I mean, so I'm just players to win three or four playoff games, and we can hardly beat the fucking Lions and Saints. So you know it's well. It's... Okay, to be fair, the Lions play in all sorts of close, entertaining games this year. Like, that's all they play in. Uh, they have the best offense in the league and the worst defense. Uh, I will say this. I'm just looking at my preseason picks and whatnot. You know, what it went through, did wins and losses for every team. I had the Vikings at 3-1 and one through four games, and it had it exactly the way it, it went here. Win against Green Bay, loss at Philly, wins against Detroit and New Orleans. I have them beating Chicago to go in 4-1. and one. I have them losing to Miami. If you're going 4-2 if, if and two going into the bye, that is what I expect. Um, I guess this team is worth a share. They should be 7-2. Mm. They should be 5-2. They play Arizona and Washington out of the box. Oh, yes. I, I think they... One of the I, worst teams in the league before you go to Buffalo, yep. which will be ass-kicking. Yep. Um, you know, I you've got the Patriots. You, Thanksgiving, they are not good. Yep. You know, Dallas will be tough. you got the Jets. Beat the Jets. Yep. Beat, I mean, you've got the Colts. You've got the Giants. Maybe I was wrong saying this tough, it gets tougher. you got the division games on the road. It's, it's weird. they got all the division games at home. they got all of them on the road at the end of the season. So when I look at this, I guess it is, this is not a tough schedule. I mean, this, yeah, this, this schedule, this should be a playoff team. I mean, win the division. Packers, the Packers look absolutely terrible. Yes. Awful. Yeah, yeah they Awful. almost lost to a third-string quarterback in Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky. I mean. Un- un- in- in- inexcusable. You yeah. cannot have that. Nope. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the, the Vikings schedule here. And I gave him a loss. I'm giving him a loss to Miami. I'm giving him a loss at Buffalo. I don't think. I mean, that's pretty. I think understandable. I think it, it reasonable to do. I mean, they, I mean, they can beat Miami. I mean, if they show up, this is yep. a road game. This will be their second road game. I mean, they 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 can beat Miami. You know. Yep. Um, I have them losing at home to Indianapolis uh, week. 15. Well, that was because I thought Indianapolis was going to be a pretty good football team. Right now, Indianapolis is terrible. The Jacksonville Jaguars are the best team in the AFC South right now. I mean, the Jaguars... I'm already going to go out and say it right now. I'm picking the Jaguars to win the AFC South next year. I'm already... I'm already picking them up this year. Yeah. Shit, why not? Why not? I mean, that... Them and the Titans and the Titans, you have no idea what you're getting week to week. Yep. So, yep. yeah. So I, I'm just saying I'm already buying into the Jaguars 2023 AFC South champions. I love I, 
I love what I'm seeing from them right now. I thought it would take a little bit of time. I, I'm not sold on their wide receiving core yet, but um, yeah, it appears. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, four fumbles, four lost fumbles and an interception against Philadelphia. That's not a big deal to me. It was raining like crazy. Remnants of Hurricane Ian. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna put that one game in there. They they went to they went to L. A. and trounced Justin Herbert and the Chargers. And Trevor Lawrence had three touchdown passes, no interceptions, no turnovers against that vaunted Charger defense. So uh, yeah, nope. Um, Falcons, I had them at two and fifteen this year. They're already two and two, so they need to lose their final thirteen games of the season for my prediction to be accurate. That's not gonna happen. This offense. Far better. So I know I'm off on several teams here, um, but so far, pretty decent, I think, throughout. I picked the Giants for seven wins this year, and I thought that was crazy. I'm, I think that's real. This, that's realistic. Um, yeah, it, it, it's. We'll see how it all, how it all turns out. Uh, at the Chiefs at three and one through four games, losing at Tampa Bay, so that that's obviously changed here. Um, after week two or week three, I gave a kind of guess. And then you got the, you know, the Chiefs beating the, the Colts beating the Chiefs. Well, they, they, they played them pretty tough with Mahomes. It's just stupid. It's just stupid shit. Well, and I wonder, though, like... And then the next week, you just, you know, Titans beat you. You just get blown out by Jacksonville. Well, okay. It's like, so, nothing makes sense. It's, it's just ridiculous. Do you, so here's the weird thing about the Colts. They have lost now, I think, eight straight games at Jacksonville. They've also lost four straight games when ten, hosting Tennessee. Like, the Titans go up to Indy, and they've won the last four years. So, I am I know ahead of time next year, it's a prove-it situation. I'm giving the Colts two automatic losses next year. Home against Tennessee and at Jacksonville. I will say this regarding Kansas City and that loss to Indianapolis, which I do find inexcusable, like... How does the offense look so good one week, uh, like against Tampa Bay Sunday night when Mahomes just went off, and you look terrible the week before against Indianapolis? Get that it's the home opener, so factor that into a degree. But the Colts or but the Chiefs have been without Harrison Butker now since week one. He's been nursing an ankle injury. They win that game in Indianapolis. On uh, in week three, if Harrison Butker plays, because he's going to make that extra point, he's going to make that 34-yard field goal. They aren't going to try a fake field goal like they did. I mean, that's six or seven points that they missed out on. Chiefs win that game if Harrison Butker is kicking and not Matt Amendola. So I I, I will say, like in in terms of that, the Chiefs missing Harrison Butker is a far more significant injury. I'm actually impressed that they're three and one right now without one of the best kickers in the NFL. Buffalo and Kansas City, and I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. Yes. Easier schedule. Offense looks good. Yeah. The vast majority of their points have come in the second quarter. They have scored 85 points in the second quarter this season. Mm -hmm. They have seven in the first, 14 in the third, and nine in the fourth. So that should get better. I don't expect you to score 80% of your points in one quarter. Mm -hmm. So... They, they, they could be even better and put together a complete game of, you know, scoring in the second half versus the Vikings, not getting down 14 nothing in Jacksonville. So, mm-hmm. Well, you look at yeah. – I mean, you look at the, the NFC. Who is the second-best team outside of Philadelphia? 
I got maybe the Rams by default because the Packers and Tampa Bay look atrocious. Yeah, I mean, and Tampa Bay would have beaten Green Bay Week 3 if Mike Evans plays. I firmly believe that. I mean, they lose by two. I I, I honestly, if Mike Evans plays, he gives, he just changes that whole offense. They were down three wide receivers. I mean, Russell Gage was the top target in that game against Green Bay. So if you had Mike Evans there, if he wasn't stupid and, and did what he did against, you know, uh, in the Saints game and, you know, pushing or punching Marshawn Lattimore. If Mike Evans plays, the Bucks beat the Packers. I firmly believe that. So the Packers got a break there. Um, but, I mean, yeah, the Bucks are tied with the Falcons at 2-2. Two and two. Brady looks older. The, the Bucks just, their offensive line, it's clearly, you know, with all the injuries in training camp in the offseason, the, the losses there, like Alex Cap, uh, Kappa to, to Cincinnati and whatnot, they look bad. Uh, the Vikings and the Packers three and one, and the, the Giants are three and one. That's an aberration. Don't don't put much stock into that. Dallas is three and one. Cooper Rush is the first Cowboy quarterback ever to win his first four starts. And you look at it, and you're like, oh oh my gosh, he beat Washington. Do you know who the quarterback is for Washington? It's Carson Wentz, and he sucks. You know who also sucks? Frank Trubisky. He's got he got benched Sunday against the Jets. Kenny Pickett throws 13 passes, all were completed. Didn't have one pass hit the ground, except three were caught by the Jets. That's not good. The Steelers lose. The Steelers look bad. But, I mean, it, it, uh, those uniforms for Washington, I mean, it, oh, the Arizona State, that's the comparison that they're getting to. It looks awful. The nameplate, it, it just looks bad. So I don't trust, I, I, the Cowboys are fine, but they're not a great team. The Giants, they're going to get trounced by Green Bay and London. It's just like, and then you have the 49ers, injuries a lot. But I think Jimmy G, give him some more time. I think he'll be good. The Rams are just fine. I'm not a believer in the Cardinals. I'm not a believer in the Seahawks. So give me another team that's going to challenge the Eagles right now in the NFC. I, I Is it Green Bay by default? Could Minnesota be in that mix? I think so. Might, might be like, green, like Philadelphia, they just can't win there. Well, like they going did. back many, like they just can't win it. They did go in the regular season game after the NFC Championship game the following year because Linval Joseph had the big fumble return for a touchdown. I, I do not like going to Philadelphia. Well, I don't like going to Philadelphia for a number of reasons, including their their fans are just awful. Like I, would, like, I don't know if there's another spot I'd rather go. Like, what, what is the – let's say the playoffs are coming. Let's say it's the NFC title game. Where do you not want to go? Philly. That is like the number one – if I like, please don't send me to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's bad. Uh, Geno Smith is doing well with Seattle somehow. I think uh, the Broncos are awful. Yeah, giving Russell Wilson that time. I mean, before he even plays, a seven-year deal until he's like forty. Like he looks like he's about cooked. And then they lose their best running back in Javante Williams uh, for the year. Bronco, that division, yeah, that was a much type division. And I, I, at this point, it's up to the Chargers to become a wild card because it certainly isn't going to be the Raiders. I don't think it's going to be Denver. And that division is just not good. Again. Well, you look at the Chargers, though, and they've lost – They've had a number of injuries there all already. I mean, Justin Herbert's not healthy. He's got the rib injury. They lost their best offensive tackle, one of the best tackles in the game in Rayshon Slater to a torn bicep. He's done for the year. 
Uh, Joey Bosa, one of the best defensive ends in the game, he's out with groin with a groin injury. I think he's going to miss eight to ten weeks. I think after his surgery. So I I, th- I look at the Chargers like it's it's more so that they've been impacted by injuries versus them just not being a good team. Like the loss to the Jaguars is slightly inexcusable, but again, you lose your best tackle, your best defensive player in that same game. That's going to be tough for the Chargers to overcome, and your quarterback's not healthy. So, I, 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 the Broncos is a, a bit of a surprise. The Raiders are a little bit of a surprise. I went out on a limb and picked all four teams from the West to make the playoffs. That wasn't a good move on my part. Uh, I should have picked the Dolphins like I had thought, but you look at the South, the AFC South. Who's going to make it? From, that's a one-bid league, I mean, or division. The AFC North, that's a one-bid team right now because... There's just every team's 500 in there right now, except the Steelers, who are one and three. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. That's going to end this year because look at Pittsburgh's schedule coming up. Here they have to play at Buffalo, home to Tampa, at Miami, at Philadelphia in the next four weeks. Good luck winning one game in there, let alone two or more. There's just no way, and they've yet to win a game when T.J. Watt doesn't play. So nope. Steelers, you're toast. I do like Kenny Pickett. I think he'll be good. At least two of those interceptions should have been caught by the receivers. Sure. He, yeah. he, I mean, to put Frank as a starting quarterback is yeah. absurd. Yes, it's, it's terrible. And you would think that even a Steelers defense without T.J. Watt, very good defense still, they're playing at home against Zach Wilson from the Disney Channel and the New York Jets. You have a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, and you let Wilson and the Jets drive down the field twice in 80, two 80-plus-yard drives. I think one was 81 and the other one was like 92 for touchdowns in the fourth quarter at home. That's, that's, that's an inexcusable loss for the Steelers, and I don't blame it on Pickett. I blame it on their defense. Like You don't do that against the Jets. The Jets have two miracle wins on the road against Cleveland and Pittsburgh. And just just you talk about some weird random ass scheduling here. The New York Jets, their first four games, all against the AFC North. The Baltimore Ravens, their first four games, all against the AFC East. So scheduling quirk in there. Um, yeah, I, I, the, the Jets at 2-2. Two and two. Just weird. Just weird. And with the Cowboys, like Dak Prescott is good, but you're giving him forty million a year. And Cooper Rush, to beat the Vikings last year, and Cooper Rush has been good enough to not make huge mistakes. He's the game manager, as people like to say. Yep. And you've got what looks to be a pretty good defense with. Uh, Trayvon Diggs at corner and Micah Parsons at linebacker. He's great. Mm-hmm. And if you would just continue to, you got a couple of good running backs. You've got a solid offensive line most of the time. I feel like you could get away without having a $40 million quarterback and got some good receivers to where, you know, Dallas, uh, Dallas might be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't pick them to the playoffs. I think I think they will make it. Though, because I don't know what the Saints are going to look like here. Um, that's 
they don't look good right now with a lot of injuries and whatnot. So I think that I would put, replace the Cowboys with the Saints right now. But I'm going to stick with you know the Packers, the Vikings. I think the 49ers will still make it. Um, yeah, the South right now. I'll, I'll go with the Bucks. I don't trust the Falcons. But yeah, it's a weird, interesting first quarter of the NFL season. And again, if you're in New England, was Brian Hoyer out with uh, whatever concussion or whatever? Yep. So you got the you know, Bailey Zappi, and it's like New England's not going anywhere this season, and I assume he'll be the quarterback moving forward here for a while, a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, see what you have there. You know, Mac Jones is what he is. Mm-hmm. And we see what you got there. You know, why why play Brian Hoyer in the first place? You know, it's like play a guy who you don't know how he's going to do. Right. Or play a guy that can maybe surprise you. Yep. Agreed. I will say uh, Bill Jones, quarterback of the Giants. Yeah, yeah. Has been okay. Yes. Yeah. He's been better. I want to see him be better. I love the Giants uniforms. Oh, yes. What were those things? They went back to what they wore in the you know, 80s and 90s with the Giants on the helmets. Mm-hmm. Big fan of that. It's becoming to where. The retro uniforms are uniforms we had as kids. So. By uh, by the way, that that uniform game Thursday night between Cincinnati and Miami was oh. so so good, so good. Very good. The icy Very whites for Cincinnati, the the, the all aqua or the teal for the uh, yeah, I think it's aqua for Miami. Spot on. So some good uniforms. I, I wish Buffalo would maybe go back to their red helmets instead of whites. Yep. So yeah. So, an interesting first month of the season. Seems like, you know, Eagles, Buffalo, Kansas City, and then whoever else wants to mm-hmm. be around. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Should we go college football next or go to the Diamond? Get, get baseball and get that. Yeah. Okay. We're going to go. We're just going to get baseball out of the way. We'll have a big college, or we'll have a big playoff preview. Oh, you know what? Let's let's preview the playoffs right now. Um, let's we, don't, we don't play all the seedings or... Right. Uh, well, R.I.P. to the twin season. Just an awful second half of the year. Like, this is an embarrassment. Rocco Baldelli is going to come back. I don't know what good that does. They have to figure something out with, you know, get, keeping guys healthy. They were just ravaged by injuries and ineffective. The thing about it is their whole thing was, you know, trying to keep Buxton healthy, and he was certain the second week of the season just wrote it out until the end, and trying to you know, keep these pitchers healthy. They tried that and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So, I, 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 the, I like the roster. I, a lot of pitchers. I like the starters. Going into next year, yeah. they don't have to sign Dylan Bundy and Chris Archers anymore. They don't need to sign any old washed-up old guys. Mm-hmm. They don't have to sign a single one because they have more than enough starting pitching depth. So, now Carlos Gray is out the door, which is fine. You got money to spend. I don't know where you spend it, but you know, they've shown me they've uh, made some moves last couple off seasons. So we'll see what they do here this year. Yep. Uh, so the twin season is is done. Uh, huge, huge weekend in in Atlanta. The Braves sweep the Mets. I can't tell you how big of a win a series win. It, it, it's huge. I mean, they have now a two game lead. So. 
the Braves, for all intents and purposes, have won the NL East at this point. It would take something major for the for the Braves to choke. I think they play the Marlins, so they they just have to like what what win one game here. Win one, the Mets lose one. Yep. Okay. So the magic number is two. Is it one? Okay. Oh, it's the Braves win one or the Mets lose one. Okay. So, Braves are going to win it. I mean, for them to beat Scherzer and DeGrom in Atlanta is just absolutely huge because they are going to now avoid the Dodgers. That's the, That was the big thing going in here is that for we believe that... I mean, the Mets now are going to have to play what? The, who the Padres or someone like that? And oh, then you're going to have Padres. to play the the yeah. Dodgers. Like that's that's bad. Yeah, Padres Mets will be interesting. No Padres, they finally make the playoffs here. So um, yeah, the Mets. Are, I mean, you got your two top starters, so we'll see how how they do and if they can score any runs to help them. We'll do more of a, a playoff preview next week because we'll know that the, the field will really be set here now. We're doing this, what, three-game series with all these wild cards and whatnot. So we'll get into that more next week. But I guess... I like the, I like the Braves to win the uh, National League. I, I do as well. I They are playing the, the some really good baseball right now. But I am curious here. I We're talking about like a... Pretty lengthy layoff now for the Braves. It's going to be what, at least four or five days, if not a week, in between games for them, and I think the Dodgers. Yeah, so this will be the big thing of how much will the rest negatively impact mm-hmm. the top seeds going forward with this new playoff format. Uh, you'll be able to, you know, give them some rest, set up your pitching staff exactly like you would like. Mm-hmm. You know, these other teams have to fight and claw, and you know. That's two out of three series just to advance. So that'll be the thing of it may affect some teams. It may not. If you win, it didn't affect you. If you struggle, it affected you a lot. So we'll see what what happens here uh, in the future years. I just wonder how rusty the, the teams like the Braves or the Astros are going to be. And if, that's, if that kind of indicates the next year when we do this whole thing again, if teams are like, yes, we want the, yeah, maybe it's good to be the top seed, you know, have this these three or four days, or are we going to be sluggish out of the gates here, and you know, you're going against a team that has the momentum of winning that previous series. That's what I'm curious about. I think the rest is good, but are you going to be a little off, especially hitting? I think I'll take the rest. I think. Because the Grom and Scherzer are going to pitch, and I don't think they're going to be available for throwing on game one of the next series. By the way, the Brewers losing two of three at home to Miami is awful. Like, what are are the Brewers doing? It's just bad. That's what the Brewers are doing. So you've got the Phillies and Cardinals probably feel that Cardinals should win that. So Mm -hmm. I'm looking at – I don't know how the seeding goes after that. I guess Dodgers. Uh, Dodgers would play the wild card team. The Mets, even though the Cardinals have the worst record, Cardinals are the three seed. I guess I don't know. Braves, Cardinals. Is that would go? I guess I don't know. Do you want to extend a hearty congratulations to the Seattle Mariners for ending uh-huh. the longest 
uh, postseason drought, not just in baseball, but I believe all of professional sports. Am I right? I mean, they hadn't made the playoffs this century. 2001. 2001. Okay, I'm sorry. At the beginning. It's been a long time, though. So congrats to the Mariners and their fans. Um, like to say, I, I have to look back at our preseason picks, but I believe I did pick the Mariners to make the postseason, so I'm happy about that. And I'm really tired of these Aaron Judge cut-ins and whatnot. Like, is this is this really worth it? Like, how big of a deal is this record? 62 I don't think it's, I mean, you know, it's the American League record of 62, and it's for people that ain't the steroid guys of Bonds and McGuire and Sosa think that the record yep. should be 61. It's not the way any of this shit works. So I don't really give a shit about it. You know, mm-hmm. 62, good for him. But I don't care. Having a great season, he's going to be MVP, he's going to make hundreds of millions of dollars this offseason. But this is not the major league record. He is 12 away from tying the record mm-hmm. that will never be broken. Nobody's ever going to hit 74 home runs in a season. No. It's it's not yeah, – cutting in, like, no, you don't, you, you don't need to do that. It's not that big of a deal. Um, yeah, judge winning. I do think Shohei Itani deserves a bunch of – because – We've seen guys hit the home runs that judges, and but we have never seen a season that like Shohei Otani has done with the wins coupled with all the home runs he's hitting. I mean, a two-way player. We don't see that in baseball anymore. I think I would still give my as great as Judge has been. I think he would have to win the triple crown, and I think Luis Arias is now ahead of him in batting average. Correct or did that change? That was like a four-point lead. So I. If Judge won the Triple Crown, then I think I would have to reluctantly give it to him. But what Shohei Itani is doing right now, the likes of which we have never seen or haven't seen since the 20s and 30s, the 1920s and 30s, I'm going to give it to Shohei Itani just because of what he's doing. It, it's rather remarkable. But I will say this. You talk about two guys, two athletes, that bet on themselves at the beginning of the season and didn't take contract. Aaron Judge for the Yankees and Lamar Jackson for the Ravens. How's that doing for both of them? They are going to be really, really rich dudes. Yeah, they are. They're doing really well. I would vote for Judge. His war is slightly higher, just slightly. Like Otani, yeah, I mean, I would have no problem if somebody voted for him because... Like, well, if, if, if he's going to continue to do this, like, he's going to win it every year unless there's some guy from the Yankees that hit 60 home runs. Like, if it wasn't for this, like, he'd win it easily. Yes. So, it, it took a historic season from Judge to to make that not happen. But, like, if Otani played for the Dodgers or maybe the, you know, if, if he played for the Yankees, just think how big of a deal he'd be. Oh, yes. Was yeah. Like nobody cares because it's with the Angels, so. Mm-hmm. And they're consistently below 500. Yeah, what, a $30 million deal for next year, so we'll see if, see if he stays, if they trade him. But they got to do something because having Trout and Otani on the team hasn't made a shit of a difference for being competitive. Yep. Do you have a hitter and pitcher of the year? Got a pitcher. My hitter, I don't my, I, I don't know. I'm going to take Jose Miranda with the Twins because... Okay. 
kind of came out of nowhere a couple of years ago. Last year, he was very good. And it was just a one-year thing, and you know, he came up, struggled the first couple of weeks, and has been great since. So I'm not going to give it to, you know, like a Julio Rodriguez who should win rookie of the year. He was a top-five prospect. I'm going to get the Jose Miranda, the Twins. Okay. My pitcher, um, I think he's winning the Cy Young next year. It's Spencer Strider with the Braves. I think he's great. Yes. Thomas strikeouts. He's got a mustache. Yeah. You know, big thighs. His thighs are massive. So you, you look at him with the Braves. I, you know, Spencer Strider, just a very impressive season. Very good. Very good. So we'll we'll talk about the baseball uh, playoffs more next week. We we'll also have an NHL preview next week. So uh, big big stuff there. NHL puck drop. I saw the NBA preseason was started. And I don't know how it's possible to be tired of the NBL season when they haven't even started yet. Well, when we, when we constantly like, have to hear about the Nets and Kevin Durant, and then Kevin Durant bitching about can't we just let the off season be. Like, no, because you made it about you demanding a trade. So, shut up, Kevin. Seems like the NBA is just all this off-the-court shit. Mm-hmm. All the time. And it just, oof, it's bad. College football, uh, historic, historic uh, events coming next week. Yeah. College game day is going to be in Lawrence, Kansas. For undefeated TCU against undefeated Kansas. It's it's remarkable what Kansas is doing right now. I had them with five wins for the entire season. And I thought that was a tad presumptuous. But this Jalen Daniels, this quarterback, is fantastic. So Kansas, I'm rooting hard for you. I hope you beat TCU. TCU just... I think they just scored again against Oklahoma. I, I think they just scored again. They Max Duggan and company just trounced Oklahoma. College, and I thought college football games were long, but they're still fucking playing 48 hours ago. My heavens. Yes, yes. Very well, long. Yeah, it was incredibly long. So TCU, outstanding work there. Um, we've had a number of coaches get fired. Wisconsin just fired Paul Christ. Um, Colorado fired their guy, which isn't a surprise because they're bad. Georgia Tech fired. I mean, we've had five head coaches already get canned this season. Wisconsin was the most surprising. And, of course, the Gophers, all this hype. Oh, my gosh, look at them. They're so good. And then they lose on homecoming to Purdue. That's a disappointment. But also, Mo Ibrahim not playing. Everyone thought he would. That's a that's also a big bummer. I think that also hits home on this, you know, like betting on college football and whatnot. Like, I don't know if something happened. Everyone thought he was going to play. Oh, it's just a minor ankle injury, and for him not to play, I think is significant. But you take a look at that Big Ten West. Iowa is awful. Wisconsin is terrible. Like uh, Wisconsin lost by twenty four to Illinois in in Camp Randall at Madison. Is Illinois the best team in the Big Ten West? We'll find out next week when Minnesota travels to Champaign to take on the Illini. That's, I think, the de facto Big Ten West championship there. I think. Oh. Big... What? 
disrespecting my preseason pick. I know, I am, I am. Purdue Boilermakers. Who just barely got by Florida Atlantic two weeks ago. My bad. Solid FAU team. Uh, so I, I still like That's fair. I mean, everyone's everyone is one and one in the Big Ten West right now, conference wise, except Wisconsin, zero and two, and that was enough to fire. Like, you know what, Wisconsin, go go to hell. So, um, what what else has stuck out to you here from this? See, I mean, Alabama is escaping. Georgia's escaped the last couple of weeks. Um, Bryce Young is hurt for Alabama. It, I mean, it's, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for the big upset here. Because you got Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Everybody thinks they're making the playoff. So, I mean, Georgia damn near lost to Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Very close. And Alabama's had a close call against Texas. And Ohio State didn't play very good versus Notre Dame. Um, Michigan's schedule is very easy. Mm-hmm. They host Penn State in two weeks. That is about the only thing in their way between being what eleven and all analyzed. Yep. By all means, that might be like a number two versus number three matchup. Mm-hmm. And if, if Michigan runs the table on their one loss to Ohio State, I think they're getting in. Yep, I would agree and with the, that. And the fan of Bama in Georgia. If they both have one loss, they're both getting it. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State's going to get it. So, I, I do like my USC. Yes. They're 5 and all. They're getting by number 6. Yep. I think they're losing at Utah here in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Utah's got a tough game with UCLA this week. Other than that, I don't see USC losing. So I see them going no worse than 11-1. and one. I think they win half UCLA at the end of the season. I think they'll beat Notre Dame. Um, if they can beat Utah, USC is going to finish undefeated. Mm-hmm. That, game against, oh, that game against UCLA November 19th is, is big, I think. Yeah. I'm not a believer in UCLA. Good start for Washington. But uh, UCLA, they've got uh, Utah this week. They're at Oregon in a couple weeks. And they've got UFC. So I think UCLA is going to come back down to earth. You know what? I don't know who's, who that Pac-12 tell game is going to be. Is it going to be USC-Oregon, USC-Utah? I think that's, it's, it's going to be either of those two. You know who else doesn't believe in UCLA? UCLA Bruins fans. They can't get anyone to go to the Rose Bowl. It's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, got a good team. It's a... Historic stadium, it's a great, it looks great in the mountains. And it's sad they can't get anybody in there. I mean, you've got, you know, they put 100,000 plus to Michigan every week and Ohio State, but they can't, can't put, talking about 30,000 in the Rose Bowl. It's bad. It's bad, bad, bad. Um, Yeah, this week here, I mean, I want to do all on the watch or ask it. Oh yes, yeah. I mean, we have. Well, let's let's go to your game of the week here. Oh boy, run run down the schedule here. Well, the game of the week is TCU and Kansas. 
All right, so it, it doesn't. Matter. So we, I mean, we're we're looking past Tennessee at LSU. Uh, we're looking past Utah at UCLA. We're looking past Ole Miss at Vanderbilt. Uh, we're looking past. Okay, yeah, that's that's about it. There's really nothing, nothing there. So it's it's those three games. So the your, I, I mean, I agree. It's got to be number seventeen TCU at number nineteen Kansas. And how does can how does ESPN not get that noon or that eleven a.m. kickoff? They give it to FS1. Like, come on, like, come on, ESPN. Instead, you're gonna show Texas. And Oklahoma, the Red River rivalry on ABC. Fox is even like, screw that. Let's take Michigan against a terrible Indiana school. We'll take that in 11 a.m. over the Red River rivalry. And ESPN's like, you know what? We have this great story in Kansas. Ah, screw it. We don't want to broadcast that game. What the hell? Well, in Kansas, they're going to lose a few games here coming up. So it's kind of their, maybe their peak. They're their seven-point underdog versus TCU. So I think they're going to lose... Yeah, I think they're going to lose it on Oklahoma. And, I mean, they're going to lose probably, I'd say maybe going 7-5 or 8-4. Hey, the bowl eligibility. That's something that we haven't been able to see. Kansas. And if I'm that coach, I'm at an out-the-door as soon as possible. I got, I got seven wins in one season as Kansas. Get me the hell out of here. Uh, somebody pay me some money. All right. How about your upset of the week? Oh, boy. Again, um, I guess the Oklahoma quarterback must be out because Texas is a seven-point favorite mm. versus Oklahoma, which seems absurd. Oh, so game of the week, an upset of the week. I will say the Pac-12 is not awful like they usually are. They got, I think, four good teams. Mm-hmm. Utah, Oregon, California School. They're, they're good. Yeah, Oklahoma State. I think this might be the year for Oklahoma State to win the Big 12 finally. Well, Oklahoma State is the new Clemson of, or the new Georgia. It's like, you're always good. Now do something significant. Make the playoff. Win that conference for, for once. Mm-hmm. For Oklahoma State. Oh, take one of the upsets. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. Getting down to it to where they're getting into conference play and a lot of, you know, three, four touchdown favorites here. Kentucky, you know, shit the bed versus Old Miss. Well, do you want to take UCLA over Utah as your upset? No. Okay. I'll take BYU to beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame somehow a three and a half point favorite. Perfect. That works for me. I don't know how they are either. BYU is going to crush them. No. And uh, I'll give you two. I guess, I guess, I guess Illinois is a three-and-a-half-point favorite versus Iowa. Iowa's going to win. Iowa, okay. I'll give you that right there. And so, uh, watch your ass game of the week. We're, we're stretching it here, but I don't like it. But I'll take uh, Oregon to watch your ass in Arizona, I guess. Okay. No, don't love it, but I'll go with that. All right, so there we have it. Number also, I just can't, can't tell you how happy I am that Texas A&M sucks. Yeah. They're going to lose 
to Alabama. I hope it is fucking fierce. Uh, they have Ole Miss in a couple weeks. That's a lot. They play LSU or Auburn or Florida. I fucking hope they go 66. Yeah, I, I really wish I hadn't picked them to the playoff. I'm not doing it next year. Already. Already. Jimbo Fisher, the great coach and recruiter, Jimbo Fisher, to finish fucking fourth place in the SEC West. Mm-hmm. What a great, uh, great teacher of men he is. I gotta be. I gotta maybe be honest. Next year, maybe next year, people will finally fucking figure out that a And M is any good. Right. I mean, how many years is it going to take them to be? Oh, number one recruiting class. This and that. Look at this. Well, you're not beating Alabama when you're good. Not beating these teams. Can't be fucking uh, anybody. So, um, what was I going to say? I am really surprised that Brian Harson is still the head coach at Auburn. I really am. Like, I, I thought he would. I thought he would be one of the first coaches fired this year, and somehow he is still employed. Like one thing, one thing is universities. I don't want to get a get a head start on the coaching search, or maybe take a look at an interim guy. But just if I'm a coach, I'm begging to get fired. Please write me a ten or fifteen million dollar check yeah. to not do my job. Can I get whatever? Whatever field that is of high school football coaching, write me a ten million dollar check to get fired. It is that is good. That is good. That's good business. These universities have to be so desperate to get rid of these guys that they're willing to like wait weeks. Like, oh, the buyout would drop by five million if we wait four or five weeks. Nah, screw it. Let's just let's just write a big fat check. Like, what what are we doing here? Like what Nebraska did was just ridiculous. You're you're this far down the road with it. What's yeah. another month? Well, Scott, yeah, yeah, no, Nebraska, and yeah, it's just. Well, yeah, buy, yeah, give me my bio. Give me my twenty million dollar bio. By all means, give that to me. Please, yeah, so, yeah, just ridiculous. Yep. So that's that there in college football. Uh, did, anything else we need to discuss? No, weather's been good. I like the fall weather. Football season. I think it was a couple weeks ago. I watched football all day long. Something I hadn't done in a long time. And how did you like that? I enjoyed that a whole hell Good. Um, last couple weeks there really hasn't been anything interesting to me. But the like, no, it's been, nah. Last week there was really nothing. Like no surprisingly great game. There was no matchup or like, oh, I really, really want to see this game, see what unfolds or hasn't been anything like that. Mm-hmm. For me, here last couple of weeks, well, Oklahoma just playing awful has been interesting. Um, but yeah, Kansas TCU, I'm interested in that this week. Um, Utah and UCLA, that's an interesting game. Yep. There's a few games that I'm interested in in coming up this week. So. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. When you look at the playoff, you got Alabama and Georgia, mm-hmm. Ohio State and Michigan. You've got Clemson, and you've got USC. And maybe one of these one-loss teams runs the table. 
Well, wouldn't it be interesting? I mean, Alabama and, jo- and Georgia have both looked susceptible at times. I really like Tennessee. I think Tennessee is a, a, a team that you have to watch out for. And I believe, when does does Alabama have to go to Tennessee this year? Yes, they do. October 15th. Mark it down. Tennessee beats Alabama that week. Um, I mean, you look at, we, we, we've talked about some of the easy schedules. You look at Tennessee's schedule, excuse me, schedule. Well, they're, they're at LSU this week. Mm-hmm. They host Alabama the next week. Yep. They host Kentucky. They are at Georgia. They've already beaten Florida and beaten on the road Pitt. Yep. That is a man's schedule right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, their last three games, Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, they get to that gauntlet of you know, Alabama, Kentucky, Georgia, fuck it, two and one. Congratulations. You should be, like, if Michigan's going to be in the mix at, like, 11 and one, Tennessee should be in the mix because that schedule is a whole hell of a lot better than Michigan. Mm-hmm. I'm, I hope Tennessee goes 11 and one at worst. With a loss versus Alabama or Georgia, yep. If they win one of those games, that'd be a great win. Tennessee should be, yeah. I just, I just beat LSU this week. I just say, look at, I mean, if both Bama and Georgia have one loss in the SEC championship game, provided that that's the matchup. That's a de facto elimination game. There's not, not going to be an SEC team. I mean, Michigan is going to get in more than likely. Uh, Ohio State. Maybe does Clemson get in? I mean, Clemson. Well, I mean, they beat North I Carolina State. I don't, uh, I've turned down Clemson. I don't want to see Clemson in there. I hate their coach. Well, I know. Um, I, like, I'm not saying we want to see him in, but look at Clemson's schedule here. Who's beating Clemson? I mean, who's beating them? You know, it's like. Notre Dame you know, would be the only potential. One. At Florida State, at Florida State, their last three are at home. So, but but, Clint, yeah. but Florida State just lost to Wake Forest. So uh, I, I don't mean, like Florida State either. But I, it's uh, I, I want to see you know, like five. It never happens. Everybody always loses one game you don't expect. Mm-hmm. But I I want there to be five or six undefeated or one lost team. I yes. want it. You know, I want there to be, because we've never had, you know, at, at the end of the season, it's been pretty clear cut who the two of the top four are going to be. Mm-hmm. I want some debate this year. Before this 14 playoff goes away in a couple of years, I want some debate. I want some some actual, ooh, what do we put in, Tennessee or Michigan? They both got one loss. You know, I, I, I want an actual discussion here. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it's good. It's it's just. Fat. I mean, you look at Clemson's schedule here. They get Boston College and at Florida State, Syracuse. I mean, the Q's. Maybe they are they still. That's a joke. I know it is, but like, is Syracuse gonna stay be undefeated by the time they get to that October twenty second game? This is what the Q's have in front of them. I'm pulling it up right now. Again, like I said, they're five and zero. Tough to really, you know, how good is Syracuse? Probably not that great, but. Syracuse, their schedule is uh, home. They're off this week. They're home against North Carolina State on the 15th. And then they're at Clemson. You beat North Carolina State? Yeah, you have you have a, the, the eyes of many people 
uh, in the country when you go down to Death Valley and, and take on on the Tigers? It is good. When, uh, I, you know, Tennessee's not been really good for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think it's 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 good when Tennessee is good. Yes, I like that. I don't give a shit about Florida State. I don't like them. I don't mm-hmm. like it when they're good. It's it's been it's been a while since Florida has been really good. That's fine. They added with fine, man. I could I could do without that. But you know, some of these teams that it has been a while since they have been really and, and the Gophers. I mean, I know they're without their their best guy, but. This was a chance for the Gophers to do something. But yes. Yep. Getting you know, getting certain teams good again. I, I, I like you know, Josh Heupel in Tennessee. You know, Washington. I don't have any issue with Washington. You know, they're in there. Their coach is a South Dakota guy, so yes. good, to, good to see Washington be competitive again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Anything else we need to go through before we say so long? Well, uh, end of some seasons, beginning of others. So right. We uh, we roll along here in uh, October. Yes, we do. I didn't see uh, Christmas lights already in the middle of, the, of September. What? What? Well, I'm going to put my Christmas lights up here in the, in the next couple of weeks, but I'm not oh, turning you, them on. Oh, you going to turn them on? No, I'm not turning them on. I don't turn them on okay. until after Thanksgiving. That's sacrilegious. Good weather. I'm fine with that. Yeah, you put them up in the in the warmer weather, but you don't put them on until like you put them on like just after you, you get everything done, just to look. Oh, is everything good? Yes, and then you immediately turn it off and don't turn it on until the day after Thanksgiving. I, I think that's a fair uh, fair strategy. So, yep. All right. There we go. All right. You have a great week, uh, rest of your week, and we will talk to you next week, my friend. All right. I'll see you later. Thanks for joining me here. Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time, as always. So, uh, great stuff there. Talked a lot of NFL. Talked baseball. We'll have more of a baseball postseason preview next week. I'll talk NHL next week. Talk college football and the like. We still have a tribute coming up to my mother, uh, so stay tuned for that. Coming up next, though, we hope, uh, I believe, uh, Charlie Hildebrand. Talking more college football with us. We haven't talked that. I think there's a return of a game show, too. We'll make our picks and, again, a tribute coming up um, to my mom. So that's coming up here next on the Sports Block Podcast. Available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at NDStack and Facebook Nathan Stack and Travis on Twitter at Travis Crins. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. More college football talk next here on the Sports Block Podcast. Available on podcast.com and on iTunes.